On today's edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, it's stock up, stock down time after a 21-17 win over the Kansas City Chiefs. This is the Lockdown Eagles podcast. You are Lockdown Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. The Lockdown Eagles podcast is brought to you by GameTime. Create an account and use the promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, Gino Camilleri always joining me, Louis DiBiase right here on a Wednesday edition of the show. We have one more podcast focused on that big win on Monday night against the Kansas City Chiefs, 21-17, the final score, and then... Gino, we got to get moving. The Buffalo Bills come to town on Sunday. Another big game for the 9-1 Eagles. We've got crossover Thursday tomorrow with Joe Marino of Lockdown Bills, a Friday show as well. But, man, what a statement win on Monday for so many reasons. And I just I, I still can't believe they really won that football game, considering all the obstacles. I already was kind of skeptical if they could pull that off with the Chiefs coming off a of bye week two on the road, primetime football. But, this team continues to just amaze me and just win football games, no matter what the script calls for. It's to the point where you said that you're like, how do they win this game? You're saying like they shouldn't win this game. Everybody no. through two and a half quarters. I was going to say what two and a half hours we're watching that, Gino. It's like, oh, 100%. they're not winning this game. I didn't think they were going to fully win until like the fourth quarter. I don't know. But there's just one thing that's just constant. It's the guy behind center. Like there were times I remember thinking back to 2014 or whenever Sam Bradford got here. I just like to blank that time out of my life where you're sitting there watching a game and you're saying there's no possible way they're going to get back into this game. Like a, a one score lead felt like the end of the world. And now Jalen Hurts just kills double digit leads like it's his job. Quite literally, that's all he has done is eviscerate second half, double-digit leads, come in the clutch when it matters in the fourth quarter in spite of Brian Johnson's play calling at time and trusting his playmakers to make those plays. I agree, and all he does really is win football games. And, you know, me and you in the past have always talked about how, you know, wins aren't an individual stat. You have to contextualize everything. It's why, you know, you've done a great job of this, kind of bringing this to the show, posing those three main questions like, have you won because of this player? Have you won with them? Have you won in spite of them? That's kind of how you measure them. And that's how you can quantify wins from an individual standpoint. For Jalen, I think wins are absolutely an individual stat because – Whatever the game is called for, he has been a reason the Eagles win the football game, the main reason. I mean, just read some of these stats. I mean, he's one of four quarterbacks to go 9-1 and one in back-to-back years since the merger in 1970. He's the youngest to ever do it. He's 26-2 and two in his last 28 games. Since 1970, the other guys that have done that, Tom Brady, Joe Montana, and Jim McMahon. He's won 13 straight games against teams with winning records. And it's not like, again, he's in a system where he's just getting by and kind of just going by the tune of a Kyle Shanahan type of play caller and all these weapons. Like, yes, he has a lot around him. But if you don't think Jalen Hurts is impacting literally every part of this football team, then you're not watching. That's like both things can be true that he has an incredible support system, but he's also carrying this football team. And that's the thing. Like, I can find 
an argument in every single pre- – it's usually people outside that haven't been watching the Philadelphia Correct. Eagles 24-7. Yeah. But a lot of people say, oh, it's the best offensive line in the league. Oh, did you watch last night? Did you see that they haven't been their common self over the last four or five games? No, because you haven't been watching. Has Jalen Hurts had to account for a vast amount of the offense? People complain about the tush-push in the red zone, i.e. Peter Bukowski today trying to make a comparison to Jordan Love – Locked on Packers, miss me with that. But you look at who he is. He can do that because he put in the time, the effort, the work, and he has won games ever since he was in high school. The dude just does not lose. Lou, I made the, we made this point last week on the show when we were talking about this gauntlet that these guys that come from the SEC have done this, where they just play big-time games. And I went back and I looked at Jalen Hurts' time at Alabama and Oklahoma. There was a stretch in his freshman year at Oklahoma twice, or not at Oklahoma, at Alabama, that he had to play four games in a row against top 25 opponents. You want to know what his record was in that stretch? It was pretty good. Seven and one. The only loss was in a national championship game by four points to an all-world Clemson team that played out of their mind. He beat Arkansas at number 16, Tennessee at number nine, number six, AM, number 13, LSU, number 13, Auburn, number 15, Florida, number four, Washington, and lost to Clemson. It almost feels like that loss to Clemson was very reminiscent of the loss to Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. But in the regular season, man, he gets it done. And why can't they translate that to the playoffs? Oh, well, they did. He just came up short because the defense, which got a bunch of stops last night, couldn't right. do that 10 months ago. Yeah, just like whatever the game calls for. I mean, Jalen Hurts finds a way. If you need him to be a pocket passer, he's got you. If you need him to run like he did yesterday in the second half, I thought they needed his legs. He came through, leading double-digit comebacks in the second half. He's done that over and over this year. He has the best rating of any quarterback when trailing by 10 or more this season. I mean, winning shootouts. Again, if you don't think he's impacting the game in every single way, yeah, you're just not watching football. And as you mentioned, like he's mm. been doing this since college. I mean, at Alabama, he goes to back-to-back national championships. Then he loses his job, but he helps them win an SEC title, then takes over another program, takes them to the college football playoff, gets the Eagles to the Super Bowl in only his second year starting. The kid just wins. And again, it's mm. not a coincidence. Like, yes, he's been to three incredible places to play football, Alabama, Oklahoma, and the Philadelphia Eagles. But again, two things can be true at the same time for why a team has success. It's not black and white, and Jalen is the main reason. And he should be, which I think he is right now, odds-wise, the favorite to win the MVP. And the people that talk about the stats, right, like, just miss me with that. Watch I hate that argument film. because outside of his eight interceptions, which is where they instantly go to, his stats are incredible. Like, he's top three in almost every category of passing, all-purpose yards, rushing and passing touchdowns. Like, what do you mean? His stats look incredible outside of eight picks. And if you're going to go by interceptions, then no quarterback's winning it this year. Encapsulate what the most valuable player is. That's Jalen Hurts. That's Lamar Jackson. That's Josh Allen. That's why people in Buffalo, their argument to the interception point, which is the same thing with Jalen Hurts, is like, he's the all-time leader in touchdowns in his first six seasons in the National Football League. The Brett Favre, that's what it is. It's like, dude, you're taking risks and taking chances, and that was a miscommunication on that interception, but he's, what, one interception away or tied with interceptions with Patrick Mahomes? People are saying he's the MVP. Yeah, everybody throws interceptions. Allen has him, so again, 
unless you're choosing, I don't know who else a quarterback you would choose, unless you're choosing Miles Garrett or a non-quarterback MVP, interceptions are going to be a part of that conversation. You can't really pick somebody without them. And yeah, they have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, but Patrick Mahomes has won MVPs when he had Tyreek Hill and right. Travis no, Kelsey yeah. and, and Tom Brady is one of Randy Moss. I don't agree with the notion like, that just because you have talent, you can't be the MVP. I don't, I don't oh, agree with that at all. Watch I mean, the almost, tape, Lou. Yeah. You, your favorite play from the Super Bowl, I know exactly what it is, was that two-point conversion when that man took four grown dudes and moved them two yards and willed yeah. that team. That's MVP performance. And it might not have been the prettiest game in the world for two and a half quarters for Jalen, but outside of that oh, interception, yeah. he didn't put the ball in a dangerous area. He took care of the football when it mattered. He picked up big third downs when they needed to late in that game. They were over for five on third downs to start that game because they were behind the sticks. And then all of a sudden they just got back to basics, let those routes develop, got back to the run game and let Jalen be Jalen. And who accounted for 14 of those points for you to nail lose LOE three pick of Jalen Hurts two touchdowns anytime. I love that. At least I hit that one. But yeah, like again, yesterday wasn't or Monday wasn't his best performance. But again, you're trailing in the second half by double digits against the Super Bowl champs. You're in the rain on the road against an elite defense that is blitzing, excuse my French, but the piss out of you. I mean, just every Mm -hmm. single play they're coming after you. He's not even 100% healthy still, and in the second half, he rushes for two touchdowns. In the fourth quarter, he goes 6 of 9 for 81 yards with a 95.1 passer rating. I mean, again, he wasn't great. Like This wasn't like the case for his MVP status was this matchup, but look at, again, when he needed to step up the most, that's when Jalen Hurts was the best, and I think that's what he's been doing his entire career. So I would still say, Gino, this is a stock-up performance. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, yeah, it's it's arguably the biggest win of their entirety between Nick Sirianni of and Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would say so. Yeah. When it comes to regular season, I mean, what's a bigger win? I mean, they were dog walking teams last year. There wasn't really a yeah. moment that you had to win a football it might game have been in the that last regular two games, season. Honestly, Gino, for being real, it's like the Dallas game and the Kansas City game might be. Yeah, you beat your biggest competitor when it comes to. Yeah. Your division, the quarterback who's performing at an MVP caliber rate in Dak Prescott. And what do you do against the guy who's very similar in Pat Mahomes? Yeah, I mean, that's the the talking point. Like, you got rings. Do you win? Like, that's what it is. I mean, Dan Marino, he never won a ring, but he won a heck of a lot in the regular season. Let's hope that Jalen isn't that guy. But he accounts for so much of the offense to where quarterback wins, like you were saying, are yeah. definitely a statistic that can be tied to it. Like guys like Cam Newton, you go back, he carried that Carolina offense exactly. for so many years. And I mean, like Michael Vick, like it made all the sense in the world back into the 2000s. He was the offense. He did everything for them. And Jalen is that type of player. If you want your quarterback to be anything less than the best player on the football field, yeah. I don't know what sport you guys are watching because that ain't my football. He wins. He is one of the best players at winning imperfectly in this in this league. And that's a huge thing to be able to do is when things aren't always going the right way, because it's never going to be perfect. You still mm-hmm. find a way to win. And that's what this team is very good at doing. And they've shown that a lot in 2023. Wasn't just Jalen Hurts, though, that really rose his stock in this matchup against Kansas City. A lot of guys, I mean, as Nick Sirianni said, all hands were on deck for this win. We'll get into stock up coming up next right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. 
Today's episode of the Lockdown Eagles podcast is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event for me. That's Eagles Bills. This Sunday in Philadelphia, Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total front so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. You can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets this year. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Go download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our promo code, which is in all capital letters, Locked On NFL, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account, redeem that code, Locked On NFL, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And guys, Lockdown has launched their first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, Gino, time for stock up after a big win over the Chiefs, and there's so many guys that, again, stepped up in this game. I think there's some underrated role players that, you know, made some big plays in the first and second half. I think most of the players that I've thought about were on defense, but I will say on offense, too, like there were some guys that when they needed to make plays in the second half, they did step up. But I think the the most the most amount of positives we have to highlight is on Sean Desai's defense, which, by the way, shut out. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Travis Kelsey in the second half. I mean, that's definitely was not on my bingo card for Monday night. There's a little dig at a certain someone in the Eagles post-game locker room talk with Nick Sirianni, and he pointed out the defense, and he said, that's a championship caliber defense right there. And I knew exactly what that comment was. And I think everybody in that building. I think so. I mean. Was it at JG? It probably was. Lou. Feels like it. To see the performance that Sean Desai put on in the second half is truly outstanding from a perspective of Sam Howell putting on Tom Brady-like performances against this defense time and time and time again. But Tua Tonga-Vailoa and the greatest show on turf, limited on offense. Patrick Mahomes and this offense, which is so good. In the second half, they've been a little down this year. We know that. But to pitch a shutout, I, it's a testament to Sean Desai never feeling comfortable, but at the same time getting the best out of his unit. That was one thing we said coming from Seattle is that he never had the most talented group over the last couple of years. Sure. But he always found a way to get the best out of his defenses. And, man, they looked really good at times, both in the secondary and the front is elite by every stretch. Everybody on that front made a play yesterday that I, mattered in a big moment. I That's the thing that's encouraging is it's completely different than Jonathan Gannon last year where, yes, of course, the numbers looked way better than this year. But, I mean, he had such incredible personnel on all three levels where not saying this defense doesn't have a ton of talent on all three levels too, but it's been different. They've struggled. They haven't been as healthy. And Sean Desai elevates his unit more than Jonathan Gannon did by a landslide. And to me – 
again, the secondary was something we've been concerned about. But the good news is, Gino, as you mentioned, I like that you highlighted the Dolphins game in this game because two of the three best teams in the passing game that you've played this year, I'll throw in Dallas. They, of course, got the best of you a few weeks ago. But the fact that you're maybe the two best games you've had this year from a secondary perspective were against the Chiefs and Dolphins. That gives me a ton of confidence that heading into the playoffs, if they run into these types of teams again, they are capable of stopping them. Like, yes, they're also capable of allowing Dak Prescott to throw for almost 400 yards, which last year they didn't have that in them. But at least we know they still have the highs, right? I think there's another game in there that you could toss in, and that was the Rams game. And there was a certain somebody that played their first game in a Philadelphia Eagles uniform. Yeah, I'm glad you're going to bring it up. And two of the three best performances outside of Miami that they've had in the secondary have come when Bradley Roby is in the slot and Brad and James Bradbury can be outside and Darius Slay can be outside and Bradley Roby, man, he just continues to be a very underrated player outside of the Marquez Valdez Scantling drop where he totally got cooked the rest of the game. he, He played incredible. And I think now with this secondary that they have, you're going to see them winning football games because they have the pieces in place where they're not playing with one hand tied behind their back, which last year they could get by. You had Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. You had Marcus Epps. You didn't have that. You were you had Sidney Brown, who, yes, he played man coverage at Illinois, but you saw that Dallas game. Him and Eli Ricks, they, they just couldn't cover that game. And even Sidney at times was getting picked on last night. Eli Ricks had a couple of up-and-down moments. But Bradley Roby, not just in coverage – Lou, he falcon punched the heck out of that ball on Travis Kelton in the red. True. Sean Desai, two red zone turnovers, turnovers, my friend. The Kevin Byard pick was in the end zone, too. I mean, I don't know. Do you know Bradley Roby is our new Patrick Robinson? I mean, where Howie just finds another great slot corner off the streets. And Howie's been killing it this year with these value signings. That linebacker, now at corner, too. I saw the stat from our good friend over at CBS Sports, Jeff Kerr. Bradley Roby in three games with the Eagles this year. Opposing quarterbacks targeting Roby. They're 5 of 12 for just 13 yards, a 49.3 rating, 1.1 yards per attempt. And he also has now that forced fumble. I mean, that's what a performance by Robinson and, or I should say Roby, and I'm thinking about P-Rob now. One of the other newcomers from the secondary also dominated, Kevin Byard. This is who Howie Roseman was envisioning he was trading for at the deadline. Led the team with tackles in eight, two pass deflections, that huge interception. That is what they needed because, for me, it was like the last two games was Kevin Byard terrible. No, he had some lapses in coverage, but he was a guy you were winning with, not winning because of, but that wasn't what you were trading for. You were trading for supposedly a difference maker. You gave up multiple picks. He was a difference maker on Monday night. We had Tyler Rowland from Lockdown Titans on the show when we acquired Kevin Byard, and there was one thing that I just remembered him saying. It was – when he's in zone and he could get his eyes on the quarterback and see mm-hmm. the field, that's where he's going it to see the It did feel like he was reading come. things so well on Monday night. Like, he was just always in the right spot. Outside of that blown coverage, which I think was a mix-up, I think one of them thought they were playing zone, the yes. other thought they were playing man, that's a miscommunication, like definitely. Everybody's not going to be perfect. We know that. But his ability, even when he was playing man, he looked halfway decent. But as that... Too high, single high safety to be the game changer that you were looking to replace in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson from last year where you didn't have those interceptions in big moments well throughout this year. Lou, if you get that two to three more times throughout the season from Kevin Byard, and not just that, a great tackling performance and really seems like he's getting more comfortable in that defense outside of that one plate, which I still have no idea what that. I would like to hear an explanation because – 
you can't get that wide open in the end zone. But outside of that, so 31 looked so good. So focused on Travis Kelsey. I think that's what it was. They were just completely just trying to blanket him. And they did a pretty good job of that because yeah, he didn't just... do anything. No, that's the thing, too. We didn't even mention it. Like, Travis Kelsey, seven catches and a touchdown. You would say, okay, they got cooked by him again. Not really. Only 44 yards, 6.3 yards per attempt. That had a lot to do with Kevin Byard, Bradley Roby, the linebackers, the bracket coverage. I love that Sean Desai just said, if we're going to lose to this football team, it's going to be because of Marquez Velvet Scatling, Rishi Rice, Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony. Like, Travis Kelsey's not going to beat us like he did in the Super Bowl. And I think a lot of these guys really were focused on that assignment, and it's why they were able to win the game. And then, Gino, you just needed some of your guys up front to make plays. You mentioned earlier, almost everybody on this defensive line made big plays, but the two guys that always make them when they need them most were Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat. Hassan Reddick had a sack in that game. They combined for 16 total pressures, 10 hurries, and five quarterback hits on Monday. So I'm not... Great with numbers, actually. I am. I have a master's degree in accounting, but that seems pretty good. That seems pretty good from two guys that, one, we knew how good they were, and actually both we knew how good they were, but I think America found out how good Josh Sweat was. that's a good offensive line, dude, that they did that to. Yeah, man. They're a a physical unit. They're very, very good up front. Andy Reid has that group cooking right now, and I think we have to throw one more person in there. Sure. Milton Williams played the best game of his career. Played the best game of his career as a Philadelphia Eagle. Like, PFF has been showing his elite rushing defense numbers this year. You saw that on the field on Monday. Like, it was very apparent how good he was against Isaiah Pacheco. Even in moments where Fletcher Cox didn't look like his 2023 self that we have been accustomed to, and Brandon Graham made some things, uh, a couple plays that weren't himself. But the young guys, like, you can rely on these cats, man. Like, what is Milton gonna garner in free agency like I know teams value that type of player very highly but I'm just thankful that the Eagles have him right now because you have three guys up front Jalen Jordan and Milton with the two young bucks on the outside and Hassan and Josh Sweat dude you have a really good unit that all these guys are like 27 28 24 25 years old that's that's great moving forward and Sean Desai really has found the perfect mold and a very good way to interchange these guys while giving all of them minutes and allowing them all to be fresh, which I think is the biggest testament to your defensive coordinator is letting these guys cook, like let Milton cook when he's hot and let Jalen Carter just go and dominate and draw a double team. By the way, he's getting held every single play, but I almost take it as a compliment. It just shows how good he is. Like he was being held on Monday, every single play and still got to Mahomes pretty consistently. Stock up Howie Roseman for just acquiring explosive pass rushers that garner that much attention and get Pat Mahomes off his spot. There were a couple times where Pat Mahomes, he's moving off of his line and he throws a pass awry because he's on the move. And why is that? Interior pressure. By the way. got it time and time again. Jalen Carter almost pulls off one of the craziest interceptions in NFL history where Mahomes spike it. And Carter dives under the center and nearly pulls it off. He said he watched a high schooler do it on YouTube where he caught the spike by getting underneath the center just in time. He actually almost pulled it off. So, yeah, Jalen Carter had a great game, too. The defensive line definitely stepped up, especially when it mattered most. Um, Gino, anybody on offense that you would say was a stock-up performance outside of Jalen Hurts? Devontae Smith is so freaking good. I he's, agree, man. Dude, Six he's... catches for he just can't hit that 100-yard mark. Another 99-yard performance, including a 41-yarder that pretty much was the game-winning play. Ever since he made that catch in the national championship game from Tua, 
there was just this essence about him when I watched him play that he will make a play in big time games. And you said it coming into this show, Lou, he stepped up in the Super Bowl in a way that none of the other guys on the football field did. And he did it once again in the biggest moment, him and Jalen, something in the water those years at Alabama, man, they just know how to win in these big time moments. Devontae Smith might, to me, be the most underrated receiver in football. And I think because of how good A.J. Brown's been this year, Gino, he's gone even more under the radar. But he has been, and he's been heating up two of the last three games. He's had 99 yards. They needed all 99 yards in this game because outside of him, the other leading receiver was in stock up to DeAndre Swift, the Eagles starting running back. He was second in receiving three catches for 31 yards. So they needed everything Devontae gave them. But I would say Swift, too, really stepped up over 100 scrimmage yards in this game. The run game finally bouncing back. Like he only had 12 carries, but he had 76 yards and a touchdown, averaged 6.3 yards a pop. And it felt like he had to earn most of those yards. Yeah, all scrimmage is really, I mean, scrimmage yards is really how you should measure DeAndre Swift. Like, what can you do beyond the line of scrimmage? And a lot of it came in areas where it's yards after the catch and he has to make a man miss. He has to go through contact. Where Brian Johnson draws things up that the Chiefs knew were coming and he still found a way to produce points, or I should say, yeah, a lot of guys are doing well in spite of that guy. That is for sure. I agree. We'll talk about Brian Johnson coming up next, right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Stock down coming your way. This edition of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. If you don't know what Prize Picks is by now, I'll let you in on the action. It's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in all of North America. And why is that? Well, it's simple, easy, and you can win a whole bunch of money. All you have to do, take your phone, download the Prize Picks app, and you put in picks. Two to six players say, are they going to go more? or less than their prize picks projection. For example, if you want to say against the Bills that Jalen Hurts will have more passing yards, A.J. Brown will have more receiving yards, and let's say Josh Allen will have more interceptions, you can make all of those entries. And you can also get in on the specials this year where you can combine basketball and football. If you want to take Jalen Hurts for more passing yards and you want to take Steph Curry for more points in an NBA game, You can absolutely do that. And if you want to play alongside Meek Mill, come on, Meek Mill in Philadelphia, guy is a legend. You can also get in on the action with the community plays under the promos tab of the app. You could get in with Meek Mill, Andrew Schultz, a whole bunch of people are on the app. All you have to do once again is get in by downloading prize picks or go to prizepicks.com, enter the promo code LOCKEDONNFL in all lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100. You put in $100, they'll give you $100. Make sure you go to Prize Picks, America's number one place for daily fantasy sports. We thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. It's a Wednesday edition of the show. Stock up, stock down. Stock up to a lot of players, Gino, as we mentioned. Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, and DeAndre Swift really led the way on offense. The defensive line stepped up in a huge way, but the secondary had a great game. I mean, Kevin Byard and Bradley Roby. James Bradbury and Darius Slay, too, they were pretty quiet. They held their own, again, not against a great Chiefs receiving core, but Bradbury had been struggling, and he really had a good game on Monday. I think when it comes to who they won in spite of, I think there's one key guy I thought of. There wasn't anybody else that really just got destroyed on Monday, even on offense. Like, yeah, A.J. Brown only had one catch, but I don't want to say it was stocked down. Like, he struggled, right? 
I think one person that did struggle was on the coaching staff, and it was Brian Johnson. I thought there were a number of times where his play calling was just way too simplistic. He was stubborn, going for the same plays over and over despite them not working. And then you'd see this really great creativity, and you're like, more of that, and it would just go away. It was too far and few between, and I think that's been a a frustrating theme with Brian Johnson this year. I don't know how I feel about him because he's just so hot and cold, I feel like. He just doesn't... He's just when he gets in a rhythm, he's cooking. But it's just again that doesn't happen as often as it did with Shane Steichen, at least. I'm going to use one of my scouting adages. Okay. Flashes get you fired, like flashes of greatness. Sure, it's not sustainable. Yeah, it's not a sustainable way. Like you mentioned, these plays where you send DeAndre Swift into a jet motion, where you already have sent multiple jet motions, and then this time you turn around and give him a quick handoff, and he gets out to the edge, or you have a lemon days of chaos in the backfield, or Devontae Smith running an orbit motion out of a two-back set. You're thinking, this is pretty cool. But then coming out of halftime when you're down 10 points, they run to the right, run to the right, and then a design quarterback run to the right on third and 10. It's maddening. It's asinine. It just not how you should use the assets that you have to your disposal, knowing that Steve Spagnuolo is one of these defensive coordinators who constantly sends pressure, constantly wants to get his guys upfield. They did nothing to circumvent, to get that ball out quickly. Jalen Hurts at halftime was around 3.27 seconds to throw, according to next-gen stats. And then after halftime, Mr. Bubble Screen through 12 bubble screens in a row for some reason when so Kansas like City is playing Jones aggressive. A lot of the time, I mean, I think Julio had two screens dialed up to him. Like it's 2019 and we're throwing screens to Alshon Jeffrey. I just, I didn't understand that. And yeah, Gino, you you had me laughing with the one tweet. You're like, you mentioned something about the quarterback draw and your wife knew that it was coming. So she oh, plugged your ears. So they line up an empty. <laughs> they line up an empty in the red zone, third and five. Which is such an easy tell that it's Such coming, a tell. It's such a, it, one of those things is a tendency and the Eagles yeah. just give it away what they're going to do. And yep. I go, he's probably going to call a draw. And my wife put her fingers in her ear because she knew it wasn't going to be great. And then he called a draw and Jalen Hurts got into the end zone, which is just so Brian Johnson, it hurts. But yeah, calling so many quarterback draws when Jalen Hurts has an injured knee, like do we not remember two, yeah. three weeks ago the guy couldn't move? And like again, the best player should not be getting hit this much. And I know you want to use his legs and you want to use him more, and they needed it more on Monday against the Chiefs because, again, they were running for their lives against the Blitz. But it wasn't working a lot of the time, and he just kept going back to it. And it was just this like, stubbornness, like waiting for it to hit. And I don't know, it just to me, it was too predictable. And that's the frustrating part is, like you said, there are really good moments, flashes is the key word, of creativity. And, you know, the last few weeks, the red zone offense has been way better, and they've been improving in a lot of ways. And look look, look at the stats. Like, their offense is up there in every single category. But I feel like a lot of times that's more about the talent they have and the execution. It's very similar to – I don't want to compare him to Jonathan Gannon of last year, but – that's what it feels like is the stats are more of a compliment to the personnel rather than the job of the coordinator. And I don't, yeah, I mean, Brian Johnson got a lot of hype this off season as a potential head coaching candidate in 2024. I don't know if that's the case. I mean, he's not in a fireable situation, but yeah, he's just, it's just, he's in this middle ground and I just, hopefully he finds his groove. He is early on. This is his first year calling plays in the NFL. So maybe he'll change and, uh, you know, catch more consistency, but he needs to be more consistent. As big of an analytic as I am, this is one of those things that it just doesn't pass the eye test. 
when there's a point when they put up a graphic that you're 0 for 5 in the first half on third down, well, yeah. why is that? Let's get to the root cause. Well, you're not setting up your team on first and second down. You're constantly playing behind the sticks. I mean, Lou, what were their first four third downs? It was like third and 10, third and 11, third and oh, 9. I don't think they had a third and five or shorter in the first half. No, and it took you until the second half to convert some of these third downs, which was still Jalen having to go and make a play or waiting for Devontae Smith to come open or having to just lock into DeAndre Swift getting the ball on a another screen that you called that they didn't knock down. And it, it's really, to me, a Mike Gross situation, Lou. Like, when we think back on 2018 – that wasn't Mike Grow that won them those last four games and put them into the, absolutely not. Nobody on earth is going to convince me. Other, and if you watch the Eagles, it's not Brian Johnson. It's not him. It's Jalen Hurts. It's Devontae Smith. Anybody, I'm telling you, anybody with eyes can see what they were doing in that first half and say, this is ridiculous. So like, is let's just pack it you, up and go home. I think you feel stronger about this than I do. Do you feel like you – you almost like if this is how it continues, you don't want him as the offensive coordinator next year. A hundred percent, one hundred percent. The biggest indictment to me is the play to Devonte Smith was on an audible. Like we had to check out of the play that he called to get the biggest explosive play of the game. Come on, that's a fair point. Yeah, I mean, again, there have been I think more positives than what you saw with Mike Grow in twenty eighteen, but I totally get your frustrations, and it's something that. You know, it could come back to bite them as the year goes on. It just hasn't like, yet. It's but. just like Jonathan Gannon last year where I'm Chicken Little saying, it's going to come back to bite you. It's going to come back to bite you. It's sure. going to – how many – what if you do that in the playoffs, Lou, against San Francisco? You go 0 for 5 in the first half on third down. Yeah, You're not you going to win games that, that way. You're no, not I going agree. to. No, I agree. And even the fact that they get got away with it against the Chiefs is miraculous, and that was just the unique game script that it was – calling for but um you know again I, I agree with you i think it was definitely a stock down performance from brian johnson but again i think outside of him gino I, that's all i've got for stock down i don't really there's nobody else specifically or individually that really just like was a liability i think there's a serious problem at tight end yeah and that's true jack stall just does rough. not look like he belongs on a football field and i don't know i mean he's a Frank fine Calcaterra, blocker he's but... out He's got a foot injury now. He was in a walking yeah. boot. Albert, Albert O must be terrible. I don't know. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, we said it would be ridiculous to call Gronk. Dude, I don't know. Like, ring him up. He he looks like he's in good shape still. I think this point. Julio looks pretty old. OZ. Dude, he, they just... The last couple games, he hasn't sold. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, that game kind of alarmed me a little bit in the sense of they need Dallas Goddard back early because Devontae and AJ, they have to – carry the load in the passing game or like you're going to need more from you you need what you got from deandre swift like that's who i'm putting my stock in now is like oz and julio aren't saving you neither are the tight ends like i think swift needs to be that third passing target right now and, until goddard comes back i totally agree and yeah and it's one of those things where it's like is your offensive coordinator gonna call good enough games or like scheme it i mean yeah. it's on nick sirianni too man like it, it comes down to him holding his own howie next year too sneaky need is going to be at pass catcher at receiver and tight end i'm not saying they're going to go sign a giant contract because Devonte is going to get that deal but they're gonna have to spend a draft picker or some sort of contract in this position these positions i wouldn't mind spending like a early day two pick on sure Roma Dunze or Troy Franklin or one of those guys where it's like, yeah. let's get our JSN to our Tyler Lockett and our DK Metcalf. Yeah, I think that's something that they'll have to look into eventually for sure. 21-17, the final score. The Eagles take it over the Chiefs. We now look forward to Eagles-Bills this Sunday. 
Crossover Thursday tomorrow with Joe Marino of Lockdown Bills coming your way. We also have a Friday edition of Lockdown Eagles as well. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen Monday through Friday. Guys, again, want to let you know, Lockdown, we've launched that first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off right here on Lockdown Eagles. As always, thank you for downloading, thank you for watching and listening, and let's go Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.